we're a desperate hockey team right now. Um, we need to we need to be better, um, and we all know that. And we're, we're too good of a team to, to not get not get wins, and especially on these road trips. And we gotta we gotta find a way to, to dig one out in Winnipeg. That is Brett Pesci, and we will get to what Brett Pesci is talking about after the intro. There were two games to talk about in this episode. Uh, for the second episode in a row, it starts with a game against the Colorado Avalanche. For the second episode in a row, it's a loss to the Colorado Avalanche, although this one was a better game than in Colorado. This is the third time I've produced this episode. I produced an episode just talking about the Colorado game. It was a bit short. I figured I might as well wait until we go against the Wild. I'll do two games at least on Sunday. I made an episode Sunday night. I'm sorry, Saturday night. And I might have been a little bit in my feels. I'm going to be 100% honest. I was a little bit in my feels and didn't love the episode. Uh, <laughs> I was hypercritical uh, for next to no reason with no real anything to back it up, whether it was information or just like genuine thoughts. So I, I scrapped that episode too. This episode is not going to focus on the games really. We're going to touch on each game, obviously. But... We're going to focus on the identity crisis that the Hurricanes are going through in this very moment. We're going to hear from Rod about it. We're going to hear from Brett Pesci on it. We're going to dive deep into a couple of things and talk about what has been working and what hasn't been working for the Hurricanes and what this really means going forward. And on a side point, it's funny how no one's saying, hey man, it's November. Let's get into the show. Welcome to Home Ice Advantage, with historical perspectives, modern-day deep dives, special guests, and a healthy mix of good, bad, and or hot takes. This is the best place for you to learn about your Carolina home games. I just want to say thank you, and I'm looking forward to this challenge. It's an honor, and I think we're going to do great things. To start off this episode, uh, first introductions, I am, of course, your host, Colin. You're listening to Home Ice Advantaged. Uh, you are most likely a Carolina Hurricanes fan going through some emotions, and I'm going to make it a little bit worse at first, but then it'll get be- much, much better, much, much better at the end. The Carolina Hurricanes have lost four out of their last five games. They have the 30th ranked power play in the league. At 14.7%. The only teams below them are the Anaheim Ducks at uh, 31st. They also just happen to be the worst team in hockey at the moment. And the Columbus Blue Jackets, who rank 8th in the Metro Division. The only two teams worse than us on the power play. We've gone 0 for 16 on our last 16 power play attempts. Let that sink in. With the main advantage, we have gone 0-16 on its last 16 attempts. Our legendary penalty kill, the penalty kill we built our reputation on during the turnaround of this franchise, is now ranked 19th in the league. We're in the bottom half of the league on the penalty kill. And we have four pretty sizable injuries. Freddie Anderson, 
uh, Tara Vinen, Pacioretty, and Andre Kasha. It is not the best of times in Rallywood. Since the last time I spoke to you, the Carolina Hurricanes have played two games. Again, against the Colorado Avalanche for the second episode in a row. And in the first game, they were dominant. Except that they gave one up on the power play, which is acceptable. It's the Avalanche. And then, ultimately, tied the game, gave the lead away, tied the game again, and lost in overtime. Not going to talk much about it. It sucks. It's unfortunate. It's whatever. Jordan Stahl, a champion. Whatever. We come into the game in Minnesota... And in Colorado, you could see the frustration in players. They were pissed. I can think of a, a moment. I, I want to say it was in the second period. Sebastian Ajo gets a really good look, can't convert it, and gets pissed and starts slamming his stick into the glass around the rink. And, you know, that was a really good sign to me. That's, uh, you know, Seth Jarvis was apparently very pissed off. Like, people being upset at losing is a good thing. It's a great thing. And we go into Minnesota, and that first, like, 15 minutes of this game, guys, the first 15 minutes of this game was a clinic. They didn't even register a shot on net until, like, 12 minutes in. Kochekov could have been working on his Duralingo in the locker room for the first 10 minutes of this game, and it wouldn't have affected that first 10 minutes. Wouldn't have done it. That's how good Carolina was. Shortly after that 10 minutes... Sebastian Ajo and Martin Nate, or I guess Martin Natures and Sebastian Ajo connect on a goal. It was a beautiful goal. Go back, watch the highlights. It's a good goal. And from there, it's as if they were like, listen, we're dominating. We have the lead. Let's take our foot off the gas. Let's, you know, it's not like we're facing Mark Andre Flory. He's there with an injury. Take the foot off the gas. It's the wild. It'll be easy. They're on a losing streak. Everything will be peachy. And, you know, spoiler alert here, if you didn't watch the game, everything was not peachy. They 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 played poorly for, I don't know, 20, 20, 10, like 45, maybe 50 minutes of this game. And somehow, Pietro Kuchekov is able to keep them in. He made some very big saves throughout. And then, the, you know, less than three minutes left in the game. Everyone's thinking, oh my god. Pietro the Great. Oh my god. He's going to get his second shutout in as many games. He would have been the first NHL, I'm sorry, the first Carolina Hurricanes goalie to do that since Kevin Weeks in 2004. Appreciation to at Stat on Twitter for that one. Unfortunately, his major league team the team where everyone on this team has been in North America for more than a year. Interesting fact. His team lets him down. This this kid, this 23-year-old netminder, had a chance, I mean, for that greatness, to be fair, he's still very young, it's not a Stanley Cup game, but to put his name in the record books, to say, hey, I've arrived. And he has done this, and I think this situation's going to create a lot of hard choices for Don Waddell and Rod Brindamore moving forward uh, regarding our goalie situation. But that's not what the point of this episode is. The point of this episode is to talk about Carolina's inconsistent scoring, our confidence problem, our lack of, I don't want to say intensity, but maybe that's it. Our lack of intensity. How is it? 
that will put 16 forwards on the ups forwards. Wow. 16 skaters on the ice and a goalie, and maybe four of them will show up to play. And to be fair, this hasn't happened in every game. Think back, uh, Edmonton, seven goals. That's a great time. Why can't we do that more often? Why, why is it that we can't stay consistent? How can we both be a cup contender and be incapable of converting on our grade-A chances? And I know what you're thinking. I know what you're thinking. Colin, Colin, slow down. Slow down. It's, it's November. We're not even at Thanksgiving yet. We're not even 20 games into the season. You were way overreacting to this. No one's that upset. Oh. You think that? You really believe that? Okay, well, let's let's hear from Rod Brindamore. He's going to set me straight. I guarantee you. You know what? You must be right. I am overreacting. Let's hear what the head coach has to say. He's an NHLer. He should be a Hall of Famer. He knows best. We'll listen to what he has to say. The fact that we got a point out of that game is a miracle, in my opinion. We were god-awful. So, um, when you have two or three guys playing, the rest were just going through the motions. That's what you get, so... You know, we need 20 guys, and we clearly don't have that. And on nights that we're not winning, you can see it. So we got, you know, we, we you know, score one goal is not going to do it. And how do you get goals? We got to play a little harder. You can criticize the production on ice and even individual players to a point. Respectfully. And that's what this is. I'm not saying anyone should be fired, and if you're in the camp where you're saying fire Rod Brindamore, you're just a troll. You're you're, you're legitimately just a troll. I haven't come across anyone yet, and I've looked, who has a reasonable explanation to fire Rod Brindamore, excluding, well, I don't like how they're playing. Cool. Your name isn't Tom Dundon. Your name (laughs) isn't Don Riddell. That's not how that works for you. I'm sorry. You need results. You need stats. You need information, which no one has. This isn't on Rod Brindamore. This is the team failing Rod Brindamore. This is a group of players not producing to the caliber that they are able to. And we should all be able to point that out in a respectful way. I clarify again, respectful way. The Emperor has no clothes on. We can say that. And it's okay. That still means you're a fan. I still love this team. I, I absolutely love this team. I imagine that I did it, but I somehow produced a podcast around it. But we have to be critical when the time comes. And the players know that. Sebastian Ajo knows that. Jacob Slavin knows that. Brett Pesci knows that. Let's go back and listen to the clip I started the show with. Uh, we're a desperate hockey team right now. Um, we need a... We need to be better, um, and we all know that. And we're, we're too good of a team to, to not get not get wins, and especially on these road trips. And we gotta we gotta find a way to, to dig one out in Winnipeg. We are a desperate hockey team right now. That's not coming from me. That's not coming from Adam Gold. This isn't some hot take radio pundit bull hockey. The team knows that it's make or break time. Are they going to be the elite cup contending team? That everyone expected them to be. There were people that picked this team to win the Stanley Cup, and I still think they can do it. But they can't do it the way they are currently playing. And they know that. They know that if they can't turn this around soon and get into the groove, well, their chances are diminished by a heck of a lot to 
make it out of the first round, let alone contend for a Stanley Cup in the finals. And this isn't about just one game. It's not even just about this handful of games. It's the pattern that has developed since the beginning of the season. This game does not matter. In fact, I have one more clip of Rod Brindamore. This game's gone forever, so it's kind of irrelevant, right? That's what they hate wasting games. That's what we did. We wasted the game. Um, so frustrated, obviously, right now. Um, but like you just said, I mean, turn the page. Now you look forward to tomorrow and then obviously the next game on uh, Monday. Looking forward to tomorrow, turning the page. I've said all of this. I am 15 minutes into this recording at this point. And, hey, we can still get better. We can still be that cup-contending team that we all foresaw. It's possible. It's This isn't a, oh, well, we should start rebuilding now conversation. It's the time to be elite. It's, do we want to be Stanley Cup champions? Yes or no? No? Okay, this is easy. We'll just go through the motions. Everyone come play your part. After the show, take off your costume, go spend time with your family. But if you want to be a champion, if you want to win the Stanley Cup, if you want to be able to compete at the same level that the Tampa Bay Lightning could, for two years they dominated this league, and they didn't do that by, oh, well this is good enough. This is good enough. No. You would give them an inch and they would kill you for it. And this is that moment for us. Are we going to become the final stage Carolina Hurricanes? Or are we going to sit back and go back to being a forever 500 team? That's this moment. That's this moment right here. Okay, cool. Are we going to back up what we've said for the past four years about us being so great? This is that time. And I told you, I promised you that I would not leave you on a sour note. There is good news here. A big problem for us right now is scoring. So, yes, we have lost four out of our last five games. All of them were relatively close. A goal, maybe two, depending on empty nets. Max Pacioretty was brought here to score. He got injured unexpectedly. Andre Kasha was brought here to be a depth scorer. When Don Waddell originally signed him, he literally said, I am so happy to have another scoring ringer on the roster. Somewhere in the first game of the season, he suffers a concussion. He's out in an indefinite period of time. It's unfortunate. It was not foreseen. Ultimately, you know, Teravainen, Patches, Kasha have all been seen working out. Um, Teravainen and Patches on the ice. That's something we can look forward to. If Teravainen comes back and he's healthy, can he finally get back to his midseason form that he's been lacking all season? Will Max Pacioretty come back and show everyone in Carolina why he was so valuable in Vegas, why he was so pal- valuable in Montreal? These are all possibilities that are still in the air. I would also remind you that we have several of the best teams, I'm sorry, several of the best lines in hockey at the moment, according to Money Puck at least. All three of our defensive pairs, whether it's Slavin Pesci, Dahan Chatfield or Slavin Barnes rank within the top 20 lines for defenders. The top 20. Only one other team has also done that, and that's the New Jersey Devils. I don't know about you, but I think they're doing pretty well right now on an 11-game winning streak. It's actually a little funny, because even though our penalty kill is not 
matching expectations, our blue liners have been great. Great job, Tim Gleason. Great job. All of them have been... Well, not all of them. Dylan Collins is a different story. He's not really playing. Don't worry about it. But the main three lines of Slavin Pesci, DeHaan Chatfield, and Slavin Burns have all been really good. And I was worried at the beginning of the season that Brett Burns wouldn't gel with Jacob Slavin in time. I was wrong. 100% wrong. I'll take that L. Someone buy me a hat. I'll wear it. And I know Rod Brindamore... First of all, he just, in general, likes to tinker with his lines. It's like, it's what makes him happy. When he goes to bed at night to calm himself down, he's like, well, what if I just switch natures and, I don't know, Terry Vine in this game. We'll, we'll see what happens. I don't know. Just whatever. Pick two players he wants to switch. Whatever. But he's been making a big deal lately about how he needs to switch up his lines. And the funny part about that is the standard lines we started the season with, the top three of them, so the top three lines, one, two, and three, Aho, Kakanyemi, and Stall line all rank within the top 20 lines on moneypuck.com. And w- what's funny about that is New Jersey doesn't even do that. We were the only team to have three of our forward lines rank within the top 20. I know Rod Brindamore is trying to get different players going, but I do not understand breaking up the confidence line. Yes, but Kakanyemi. Andrei Svechnikov and Martin Natchez worked really, really, really well together. You know how I know they worked really, really well together? Okay, well, let's just take a field trip really quick to naturalstatric.com. If you look at it, our, our two most common lines so far have been Jordan Stahl, Jordan Marnock, Jesper Foss. That's number one. Has 146 minutes of total ice time. That is a shutdown line. Let me tell you. And also, they have randomly started scoring a lot. They have have eight goals for, two goals against. Negligible. That's amazing. No one should ever touch that line. The funny part about that is close behind them, at 134 total minutes of ice time, Kock and Yemi, Natchez, and Svechnikov. With seven goals against, I'm sorry, seven goals for, and three goals against. Very similar stats, except that the stall line, a little bit more physical. Throwing a few more hits. Why would you want to break up the confidence line? To, to get Seth Jarvis going? I, I, I don't understand it. These one-goal games could have been corrected by Andrei Svechnikov and Martin Natchez playing on the same line with Jesper Kakanyemi, who I also feel has taken more slack for quote-unquote not showing up than he should. Because when he was centering for Martin Natchez and Andrei Svechnikov, they, they seemed to connect a lot in score, did they not? Maybe he didn't always appear on the score sheet, but he was on the ice for it. That was his line. He was still the one creating time and space. And I also want to point out, I'm criticizing Rod Brindamore right now. That's okay. We are allowed to do that, everyone. I, I don't know if you saw. There was a breaking news alert. Should have gone straight to your phone. National broadcast system. It is okay to criticize Rod Brindamore. You can do it without saying that he should be fired because that is lunacy. And absolutely no one will ever take you seriously. Speaking of being taken seriously. Okay, close out the Natural Hat Stat Trick tab. Go back to the Money Puck tab. Look at their power rankings. Do you see who's in number one? 
You're not. You didn't go to the website, did you? You you don't care. You're just listening. Okay, I'll read them out to you then. Starting at number four, the Boston Bruins. Number three, the Las Vegas Golden Knights. Number two, the New Jersey Devils. Number one, the Carolina Hurricanes. We are not a bad team. I've given you a bunch of data that makes it seem like we're a bad team, and that's because our players, not even all of them, but some of them, some might even suggest most of them, aren't playing up to their standards. The stall line? Stall? Yes, Borfast. I just realized I've been saying Kakanyemi's name this wrong this whole time. It's Yusperi. Not Jesper, and I've been saying Jesper this whole time. Anyways, uh, Marnik, Stahl, and Faust all playing their roles. All of them. Auntie Ranta has played his role. Kochekov got called up from the American League because Freddie got hurt. He's playing his role. That's great. Martin Natchez playing his role, obviously. Sebastian Alho playing his role. Andrei Sveshnikov playing his role. Derek Stepan, maybe not. Paul Stastny, maybe not. Jack Cruz only been up here for a couple of games. He's been a little noticeable. It's whatever. Now, Seth Jarvis has not been playing up to what I expected him to do. But I actually want to talk about this sophomore slump storyline really quick, and then we'll jump into the next two games. Seth Jarvis is not supposed to be a 50-goal scorer. He, he's no doubt started off slow, don't get me wrong, but he's not supposed to be, you know, Andrei Svechnikov. He's not supposed to be Sebastian Ajo. He's in his sophomore season, so a bunch of people, well, his sophomore slump, his sophomore slump, his sophomore slump. It's like every time you talk about him, it's his sophomore slump. His six points ranks 10th in the, on the team in scoring. One more point would bring him up to five, fifth, by the way. Rod Brindamore said before the season started, he was asked if he was worried about Seth Jarvis having a slump in his sophomore season. And Rod Brindamore responded, not as the coach, but as the player, which is what makes him so good. And he said, you know, the problem with sophomore seasons isn't that the player does not exceed expectations. It's not that they can't match the same level. It's that the league now knows who they are. There's tape on Seth Jarvis. There's a book on Seth Jarvis. He's kind of a small kid. He's 20 years old. You can hit that kid off the puck. And everyone knows it. And every pregame meeting, they show video, Seth Jarvis, number 24, just hit him. He's a small kid. That's not his fault either. This is not to disparage Seth Jarvis. He is very good at hockey, much better than I or most people listen to this podcast, depending on who it is, will ever be. He's just young and small, and that's going to take time, and he'll get much better. But what Rod Brindamore said, and it's stuck in my head ever since, is it's not that the player isn't getting better. It's that the league now knows who they are, and the fans and media have raised the expectations on them. Which is exactly what's happening here. People know, hey, go after Seth Jarvis, you can get the puck away from him. It happens. Every game, just watch Seth Jarvis. They're literally just throwing hits at him. Which is, you know, hockey. That's fine. They're allowed to do that. And he's just a little small at the moment. He needs to get a little bit bigger. But it's not like he hasn't been noticeable. 
Seth Jarvis has been noticeable. He even is, probably, haven't really gotten a chance to see it yet, better than he was last season. But people know who he is now. And you have to realize that. You can't keep throwing this poor performance by the net of the team at his feet, saying, it well, the sophomore slump on our top line. We got Nason on our top line right now. Seth Jarvis in a sophomore slump would not have been our problem. So just stop it with the sophomore slump shit. Like, it's, it's overplayed already. I might have gone a little bit longer that one. Didn't really plan that one out. That, that one was from the heart. Uh, going forward, our two next games, one will be a, I mean, real test of what we want to do here coming up against Winnipeg, in Winnipeg, I guess, uh, tonight on Monday. And then the Avalanche come here on Wednesday, night before Thanksgiving, and what could very well be a palate-cleansing game. So Winnipeg and us are actually, at the moment, our records incredibly similar. Uh, we are 10-5-3, and and they are 10-5-1. and So we have lost two more games than them in overtime, and they have played two less games than us. Winnipeg is also, I mean, they're putting together a season here. Like, Winnip- Winnipeg's looked a lot better this year. And it will be a game, I mean, they shouldn't beat us. Like, which is 100% out front, they should not win. We should win. To be fair, there was no team in the league where they should beat us going into any game. It's it's it, it it shouldn't work like that anymore. We're past that. We're not afraid to play these teams. We should be able to take on anyone on any night and have a good chance of beating them. But in our current situation, which Brett Pesci put words on to about this being a desperate team, they have to beat Winnipeg. It would be great if they came in and had a statement game against Winnipeg. This team is not good compared to us. This team is an AHL league compared to us. That's what they need to do. That's what they need to do. And part of it has to do with scoring on the power play. They are now 16-0 and on their last 16 chance. I'm sorry, they're now 0-16 on their last 16 chances. They haven't scored a single goal. And they're less, on their last 16 man advantages. That is absurd. How is that even a thing? We are shooting down the board for the best power play of the league. We, we were at like 17 a week and a half ago. We are now 30th. 16 in a row without a power play goal. And honestly, it, it, it was looking better against the Wild. There was some movement there. They're still looking for these grade-A opportunity shots, which, you know, is great. Don't waste your opportunity on the power play. Limited time, of course. But also, I don't know, put it on net, guys. Put it on net. Don't shoot it onto the crest on the goalie's chest. Don't shoot it if there's a defender standing right in front of you, of course. Preferably, we'll have someone towards the net, so when you take a shot, they'll be there for the rebound. Or, hey, you shoot it wide. That's fine. There's either going to be a ringer or the center standing near the front of the net. Eh. One of them will go collect it. We were one of the best teams on the boards in the sport. Bar none, actually. I take it back. We're not one of the best. Bar none. We are the best on the boards. It's another thing that we pride ourselves on. It's another thing that we get from Rod Brennamore. We are supposed to be great on the penalty kill, Rod Brennamore. 
We were supposed to have nothing but two-way players, Redburn or more, and we were supposed to win every board battle. You don't, but you're supposed to. That's why Jordan Marnuk's on this team. It's because that man can win board battles. You on the power play? Take a shot, guys. Just take a shot. And both of our power plays against the Wild, we had one shot on net. It's not because we didn't have the time and space. It's not because we couldn't maintain control. We could do that. It's that we were unwilling to take a shot because, well, then we would lose the puck. Okay, lose the puck. It goes behind the net, go fight a board battle, win it, take another shot. Guess what? If that one doesn't go in, that one gets to a rebound. Hopefully, you can get to the rebound. Or, hey, guess what? Go win another board battle, guys. Yeah, there has to be more intensity. There just has to be. And, again, doing better. There was movement. They, they were stationary for a couple of games there. It was a bit concerning. But now they're moving. So, it looks like that might be getting better. Winnipeg's a big game. It really is. It shouldn't be. In any other season, this game shouldn't matter. We should just be going to Winnipeg. Hopefully we get our two points. Not the one. Let's get home back to rally. Everyone's safe. Have a happy holiday. But now it's a big game. If the, if the Hurricanes don't win this game, and I, I, I don't know. I don't know. Is it time to maybe call someone up from the American League? I don't even know what, like, Seamus and Reese? I, I honestly don't know. But call them up. Hey, we need to teach some of our Major League guys a lesson here. You're going to have your shot to prove that you belong here. Pit Paul Stastny in the box. Pit Derek Stepan in the box. Listen. Guys, you don't have to play. And I don't mean to single those two players out. Just using their names as examples here. No one has to play on this team. And if we can't get to the intensity levels that we need to win games, messages have to start being sent. Not to Rod Brindamore, because again, that's lunacy. You're just trolling. But to players. And unfortunately, this is... This is where it's hard to be a player's coach. Although, for Rod Brindamore, it might be different. Because Rod Brindamore isn't a player's coach in the sense that he lets you do whatever he wants. Because that, that was a thing for a time. That's not Rod Brindamore. Rod Brindamore is a player's coach because he won't do anything... Uh, he won't ask you to do anything that he wouldn't do himself. That he hadn't done himself in the league. So it's a lot easier... So listen to the guy as you're walking past the picture of him lifting Lord Stanley's Cup in that very building on that very ice. Winnipeg's a big game. Winnipeg is a big game. There's there's no other way to say it. If we don't win in Winnipeg, well then all of a sudden an avalanche game becomes a really big game. And they are basically an ECHL team. What are we doing here? Like... If we, winning in Winnipeg, everything's cool, we'll dominate against the Avala- uh, Avalanche route, against Arizona, we'll be, everything will be fine. We'll go into December all very happy. We don't even remember November. There was November this year? Crazy. But they have to beat Winnipeg tonight. They just have to. I don't make the rules. I really don't. I wish I did. Because they would all be, you know, Jacob Slavin can commit as many penalties as you want. You can't call him. But I don't make the rules, so I don't get to do that. They have to win this game tonight. (music) 
As always, thank you for listening to Home Ice Advantage. Subscribe, follow, do whatever you'd like. If you haven't already, please share this with your friends. That helps me so much. You don't even know. I didn't include the ad for the Wake County Animal Cellar this episode because I was ranting. I'm sorry. Uh, but please consider adopting or fostering a pet today. Maybe just supporting the shelter. That'd be cool too. Uh, follow us on Twitter at Colin Home Ice. We have a Substack. Everything's in our link tree down below. The Hurricanes are not a bad team, but it's important that we remain elite. Thank you for listening. I'll see you on Wednesday.